And with only a single casualty, the Oilstone Destroyers have made their way to Hero Rank. Congratulations to the team and a resounding we're sorry to the cleanup crew. I mean, just because rogues don't have a lot of hit points doesn't mean they don't have a lot of blood. I mean, it's everywhere. Or was he smuggling those extra two gallons? That's a yikes. Welcome back, action addicts, to the show that puts the HP in hype. This is the League of Ultimate Questing, where heroes from all over the five kingdoms embark on dangerous adventures, all for your viewing pleasure. My name is Kip Kelligan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise, and with me as always is everyone's favorite orc. He cleaves, he weaves, he hates to wear sleeves. It's Stormclad Thundertongue. Kip, it's starting to smell like summer, and I could not be more chuffed. We're looking at farmers markets, water parks, and season-long camping trips. Hells, I might be giving my pant legs the old Thundertongue tearaway. And let's not forget a whole new season of LUQ with fresh new novice-ranked teams and new challenges for our heroes to face. Damn right. I'm looking forward to watching the quests in my backyard while I throw that first steak on the fire. <sighs> wow, Storm. I've never heard a stomach make a noise like that before. Are you okay, pal? Just hungry, Kip. I skip breakfast and dinner and Thursday. Skipping meals? Are you sure you're okay? That can't be good for you. Are you doing a cleanse? What? No, this isn't for my health. Far from it. This weekend is the Founder's Day block party. Hosted by Stab and Steve. Every year they throw a sausage eating contest called The Murder Case. And every year I get second place. Not this year. This year I'm getting my stomach ready to beat him. Uh, first of all, I don't think that's going to help you eat more. And second of all, uh, who's him? Jives Tibble. Half Ling, half Direwolf given how that little bastard throws down brats. This year, I'll be putting the golden pig atop my shelf, right next to my Luck Legends ring. I swear to the gods, this guy's dad must have been a bag of holding kip. It's inhuman. Well, <laughs> good luck, Storm. Try not to rupture anything. And speaking of personal challenges, let's take a trip to the Himmelhorns to check in on the Mortal Dawn as they escort their ally on a sacred mission to purify his homeland. Stay tuned. We find our team of heroes bound in furs and battling the cold winds of the Himmelhorn Mountains, but in the dense downpour of snow, they're simply distant shadows on a field of white. For several hours, you've been making your way up into the mountains. The road gets more difficult. You're climbing just as much as walking. And for a time, you pass by a strange herd of animals that only Arvid is familiar with. These creatures resemble bales of hay made of fur with tiny ox horns that stick out of the front. They are these mountain yaks that are native to the region and highly utilized by your clan. They can be used to pull sleds through very difficult high climbs of the mountains. Their fur makes excellent protection against the cold. And underneath all that fluff, they're pretty chonky. So there's lots of meat on them to go around. Yak milk. And yak milk for days. Yeah, these things got big old uddies. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to do some, some, some foraging to get there. Oh. They actually have two-story wooden structures that they store them in where they lead them up and then go to the first floor to milk them because there's so much hair and interference that they have to like be in the, the basement to get to the first floor kind of thing. It's like working. It's like replacing the, the manifold in your car. you got to get under there. <laughs> the beautiful culture of this, uh, these people. Yeah, and at first they just look like walking mounds of snow because every flake clings to their fur. And then you realize that some of them shake off that they just look like walking blanket ghosts. <laughs> Massive in size. The cold is becoming horrible. You guys have spent some time in Dornheim in the past, but this is inhibiting your limbs. This is making it difficult to see. Even breathing feels like sharp glass. And you're all getting very tired. Artyom seems to have quite a bit more resolve stomping along because of their enchanted boots that protect against the long march. But... All of you are feeling the burn in your loins, your legs, your arms. This is rough. <laughs> burn in our loins. If you, hike and, keep if, if you hike and don't feel some burning in your loins, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> As we're walking, I keep accidentally falling into a simple chant and then breaking myself out of it. Mm. I thought you were going to say like a snow drift. Like, <laughs> Harthax is walking around with their nictitating membranes closed to try and keep their eyes from like freezing yeah. but their nictitating membranes keep like freezing and so there's like a get, get cold so yeah. cold you are not built for this at all i hate this uh, i would like arvid with the assistance of rivington who is this animal guide 
the familiar of your mother, this Tanuki mountain raccoon, um, to give me a survival check to navigate into the hills. You have advantage because Rivington is helping you and kind of guiding you along the way. That totals out to 20. Okay, and with the second roll from advantage? Oh, yeah. Could do even better. Nope. <laughs> Still, 20 is very good. You've made a similar voyage in the past, but you haven't set foot in these hills in a very long time. Bit of a rough memories there, eh? <laughs> Arvid gets more Canadian the higher the elevation goes. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sam. I guess I could have said it. Nope, nope. He's, he's not feeling like a sherry, sherry happy boy right now. He's not going to say anything. Yeah, and you learn from dealing with this uh, Astrobon, this creature, that it doesn't seem to be able to manipulate much in the living realm. It's almost weightless when it sits on your shoulder. And if it were to try to, you know, grab and move things, it couldn't really. It's just existing in the spirit realm and speaking to you. That is to say, if a fight happens, don't worry about Rivington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, did you say earlier that he had corporeal form? It, it had corporeal form before. When you knew him as yeah. a child growing up, it was a living creature. It was a pet. You never knew it to talk. Okay. <laughs> it didn't get that till after it died and ascended into an Astabon. So with your survival check, you can guide the group along switchbacks into a much more rocky ravine where the wind gets cut down quite a bit. And you can continue traveling more horizontally than upward, but you are making progress towards the destination. You're almost at points traveling through the mountain, more so up the mountain. Because you know that the barrow of where your ancestors are buried is deep in the earth. But in order to get to those places, you have to cross over the mountain itself. Okay. And again, just to uh, to reiterate the mood of the boy. Uh, normally, if he's leading you on a survival jaunt, he would be looking back and, and like doing the smiles everybody face and like trying to sing songs or something. But at this point, his eyes have been straight ahead. Anybody makes any noises, he's not necessarily like tilting to listen or anything. Yeah, Arvid has been quite somber and less jovial than usual. Uh, Morty's holding up pretty well under the snow. He is invisible at most times um, in that he's hiding underneath this peak of snow and then he'll poke his head out, kind of doing the bunny rabbit bound where you see him for a moment at a time. Once you enter the stoniness of this ravine, the snow does not become as inhibiting. It's no longer up to your tits. Like it's uh, behind you. Uh, but the cold wind that cuts through reverberates and echoes off of the stone and it almost seems to like bounce back at you echoing at every movement, every clip-clop of your boots, or even just a flourish of your cloak seems amplified in the noise. While we're walking, Harothax is going to be kind of staring at their arm mm -hmm. and communicating quietly, Master, is this aggression, this bloodlust, these creatures under the, under the mountain, are these of your doing? Am I walking counter to your purposes right now? Go ahead and roll me an arcana check. Okay. Because I got this thing underneath a mountain with some violent people. That's a natural 20. Uh, oh. For Woo. a total of 23, because I'm trained in arcana. Nice. None of you are aware of this, but Harothax, your eyes kind of roll back into your skull when you enter that dark chamber at the center of the earth, your body moving perfectly normal on its own, but your mind in a distant place. And you hear that familiar voice. You smell the fresh blood on the breath. It's pulsating through the chamber. There are ancient evils in these mountains that are my children, but not those that seize the minds of the tribesmen. Excellent. Perhaps we can show them another way. You will see all too soon. And as you snap back to the cold, horrible place, you are warm for just a moment in your mind, and it's gone now, and it sucks ass. <laughs> um... As he says that, as we're walking, I'm just going to pull what few shadows there are, are just going to start drifting onto Harathax as their uh, armor of shadows slowly starts forming as we walk. Understood. So Harathax, when you snap back to reality, once again, the cold assaults you. And then you feel for a moment that perhaps the cold isn't as bad as it was a moment ago. All of you focusing on navigating through this dangerous terrain realize like it's not quite as cold as it was and you're not sure why. And the snow that remains under your feet feels a little bit softer, almost like it's slowly melting. There's a cracking sound. The walls that surround you are just as much ice as they are stone. And suddenly fissures of steam begin to pour out of the walls around you and the ground in front of you. Now, Arvid, in your childhood, there was an old mantra that was told about bewaring the steam in the cold mountain. Because there are creatures that are made of both fire and ice that dwell here and hunt voraciously. 
And with this cracking sound as the earth underneath you begins to cave in, you become aware of two very horrible things. The first of which is that the terrain you are traveling on is not solid. What is underneath you is emptiness. And the other thing is that a massive, horrible white worm emerges into the ravine. You see ribbons of red tracing down its body as though it's made of magma and cold white carapace surrounding it. It has fins going down its back and a large, almost insectoid head with giant compound eyes and a snapping beak. Fuck. And there's an explosion of steam and shards of ice that shoot upward as the Remoraz appears and begins to hunt its newest prey. Okay, so does uh, the mantra that Arvid remembered, does it have some kind of uh, helpful instructions like other children's um, rhymes? Yeah, yours is one of the only cultures that specifically has children's rhymes designed to fight Remoraz. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so cool. There are many beasts in the mountains that are scared of fire. The Remoraz is not one of them. Oh, so the 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 the, uh, um, the instructional of the children's rhyme is you're fucked. You know, <laughs> no, it's run faster than the other children with you. Oh, right. No. Yeah, don't be the slowest kid. Um, you know that if out in the open. They're not as difficult to battle. They're most dangerous in tight corridors or ravines. Mm -hmm. And with that, we will roll initiative. 15 for Artyom. 17 for Christ. Okay. Arthax has 11. Arvid has 12. Nice. Super fantastic. Before the fight begins, I will have Arthax roll for their heart specs. Okay. And then Artyom roll for their shields element. Huzzah! One! Fire resistance. Nice. Yeah, that that could come in handy. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, I probably like took a liver or something back in town to do my higher specs with. Um, but I, I rolled a two, cool. so that's a that's a roll that I won't be using for myself. But right, maybe the Remoraz ate something that disagreed with it. <laughs> Got it. Which is hopefully not me. It's been like two weeks since our last quest. It's been two, yes. Yeah, okay. uh, does that mean Harthax's maximum HP decrease from the anima donation? Oh, yeah, that's it's, gone. It's all completely gone. I'm yep. back to normal. Okay. More than enough time for that. Okay. I thought so, but I wanted to confirm. So, this massive creature of both fire and ice tears its way out of what seems to be a glacier that you are standing on, and it is ready to rend you to pieces. The first to react, though, is Chris Sagrand. I'm just going to activate Chardhide and then sure. back away. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Because this thing is terrifying. All right. Um, so for this battlefield, as things are cracking and being blown up with steam under your feet, everyone is moving at half speed. Mm -hmm. If you make an acrobatics check, you can move at full speed, but it requires a little more care. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun. Sure. Go ahead and give me that acrobatics roll. Sure. I just need to find my... Uh... Plus three to acrobatics. Ooh, that is a 19. That is more than enough. How far back would you like to move? Um, you have 15 more feet beyond this point. A bit more. Sure. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Very good. Next in the initiative is Artyom Volkov. Excellent. I'm going to say, don't anybody move in. I ready my brand new shield. I hit it once. It sounds like a gong. And as soon as it does, it starts to resonate with a light glow. And then from it, a shield shoots out, and then a sword draws itself from the back. I cast Guardian of Faith Ooh. right there. All right. We'll use this floating weapon to represent your Guardian of Faith. I will casting it between the Remoraz and Morty and Arvid. Okay. And when that gets triggered or does its thing, just let me know. Yeah, sure. Uh, if it moves to any space within 10 feet. Right. Awesome. Would you like to do anything else on your turn? As a bonus action, I'm trying to think of what I can do. I forgot. Can't cast any other spells. I don't have any other specific abilities for bonus actions. I think that's it for me. You, you can uh, turn your wand into a spear. Right. That's a bonus action? Mm -hmm. oh, I thought that was a free action. Or you can um, do it as part of a move action. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm actually going to position myself mm -hmm. to basically where Chris was. Okay. And as I do that, I'm going to ready my uh, spear. You can get to here without having to roll. Gotcha. Is that good? Uh, is it is it possible to do diagonal one more, or is that... Uh, that would be on 15 feet. I can't move more than 15 feet. Oh, right, half speed. Half speed. Ha -ha, yeah. You got me there. And my boots don't help with that. No, okay. they're good for endurance, not balance. Fair enough. Uh, then that is just fine. Okay, you can either stay here or just give me an acrobatics roll to move further. I'll just stay there. Sweet. So you are now shoulder to shoulder with Arvid as this beast looms over, casting a shadow on the cracked ice under your feet as your spirit guardian hums and pulsates with divine energy. Maybe a little bit of blood will bring back the old Arvid, huh? 
Uh, he looks him in the eye and raises one eyebrow. That brings it to the turn of the Remoraz. And it's going to not hesitate to enter the area of your spirit guardian. Fuck yeah, it has to roll a save, uh, dexterity saving throw, or take 20 damage, 10 in the fail. All right, dex save. We're looking at a 17. Uh, it definitely passes, but it still takes 10 damage. All right. Oh, wait, am I in direct sunlight? You are. Hot damn. When I'm trying to remember what that exactly does, so give me one moment. Pure sunlight, deal radiant damage. Oh, it's rerolls. This is just direct 10, 20. Gotcha. Bummer. That's okay. Automatically doing 10 is pretty neat. Not too bad. Yeah, Spirit Guardians is a good spell. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Uh, the Remoraz is not a fan. <laughs> um, and as these celestial spiritual blades start to like cut through it, you see steam like pouring out of its body. For a moment, they even start to like hiss and sizzle themselves before they reform themselves into their natural spiritual state. You think being next to this thing would hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to make its huge, huge bite attack at one of the three people in front of it. And we will roll to see who. Going to be Arvid right in the middle. This thing is uh, well adapted at hunting down the Ferbolgs of the mountain. I. You're its favored enemy food. <laughs> uh, so that's a 27 to hit. Oh, oh boy. Oh, wow. wow. Yikes. Yeah, you didn't file the appropriate paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Got to think ahead on that bureaucracy. <laughs> Bar bureaucracy? Bar bureaucracy. It's a lot of roles. The idea of barbariocracy is funny because in older editions, they were illiterate. I like barbureaucrat. I yeah. think that's... <laughs> um, cool. Um, no. <laughs> Shitting what? You take 34 points of piercing damage. Holy fuck, beans. And six points of fire damage. No. That's gnarly. As you've been in some pretty nasty big mouths before, but none that chomp down this hard. So as it connects with Arvid, most of Arvid disappears into the massive beak of the Remoraz. And Arvid, you are now considered grappled, and it can continue on its next turn to do swallow actions. I love it. Which are not small birds. Um, and that will bring it to Arvid's turn proper. Brings new meaning to the term tongue wrestling. Mm. I, I'm just checking some stat things. Sure. And keep in mind, while you're grappled, you can still basically do stuff. You are just reduced to a zero speed. Okay, so you see Arvid go in, and all you can see are little tufts of his white wolf cloak poking out, and then he becomes a ram in the mouth, and let's do a roll on a escape, grapple escape. Start ramming him in the mouth. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so one of those rolls was an 18, uh, that would have been a uh, 23. All right, 23 is in fact higher than my 17. <laughs> Yay. Now, because you are larger than its mouth can hold, and part of that size, I would say a fair portion of it, is sharp horns, I will allow you to, without a strength mod, deal it horn damage as you exit its mouth. <laughs> That's a d6 and a... yeah. <laughs> I believe it's two of them, but don't what? quote me on that. Oh my god, I imagine yeah, it's one like... for each horn. I mean, it's just like when a Dorito gets jammed into the roof right. of your oh. mouth, but like bigger. <laughs> oh, that's unpleasant. Yes, it is two We're d6 eating Captain four. Crunch. Oh my god, that was a max roll. Did anyone else see that? I did see that. (laughs) 16. Wowzers. Biting down on a toothpick. Right. So there is a swift and dangerous chomp as Arvid disappears, and it recoils its head back, and then immediately the beak is forced back open as fur and horns just come toppling out back onto the ground. Yeah, and that's that's all. Is there movement after that, or is no? No, no. You haven't used any movement yet, so you can, in fact, do a move. Everyone pull back five feet. Okay, um, Arvid as goat does a jumpy back trotty. Wow, good job. Jumpy yeah. back trotty. Fuck <laughs> yes. I love that. That is the hottest. Wait, holy shit, is that a new ram? No, we've had that for a while. Just Arvid what? hasn't transformed in a hot minute. Can you face really? it towards me? I cannot see but for its butt. Not very well. That is radical. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, Arvid as goat kicks in and bucks rapidly back five feet. All right. Yeah, you got to think about how goats move. He's not just stepping. Yeah, dog. Right. All right. After Arvid, that brings us to Harathax. Okay. Harathax doesn't want to be real close to this thing because it looks like just a whirlwind of teeth and death. So I'm going to step back about 10 feet and get a little closer to Crist, mm-hmm. but stay farther away so we're not too clustered. Move about there. 
and then Harithax is is the the ice is cracking and everything. Uh, I'm gonna use Toll the Dead on mm-hmm. this thing, and the ice is gonna like a bunch of spider web cracks are just gonna explode out from Harithax, and it's gonna make that crazy like laser noise that ice makes when you Ooh, skip yeah. rocks across a pond. I like that, <laughs> <laughs> and just <laughs> and super reverby, and it needs to make a wisdom save. Oh, that's an important. That was some cracky. It is. Yeah, it's a wisdom save. It's a wisdom save. Going full Janice Joplin over here. <laughs> Damn. Just me and Bobby McGee. Ten is my total. Uh, that is a fail. So it takes because it has now taken damage because yes. of the Spirit Guardian. It takes two d twelve necrotic damage. <laughs> it also took damage when a goat exploded in its mouth. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Oh. Oh. Just why did you say that? Uh, that is 11 points of necrotic damage to the Remorized. Excellent. It takes it in stride and continues roaring and gnashing its massive beak. Uh, and as a bonus action, I will cast Shillelagh on my stick. Cool. Boink. That brings us to Crist. Working off the sounds of the Toll of the Dead, Crist gets inspired to start casting dissonant whispers, trying to come up with the sound of a predator even greater than himself. Damn. So that's what we're going to do. Cool. Um, I believe I get a save versus that. Yes, a wisdom save. Looking at a fig 13. Mm. Oh, that fails. Oh, I'm so excited because he has to move now. Mm-hmm. Well, first, let's deal that psychic damage. Uh, Yes, that will be a... Is that really 3d6? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. I'll take it. It's a good spell. I yeah. I didn't. Re- I was. I like the moving, uh, learning way more. So I never pay attention to the damage. Oh, that was only a ten. Hey, that ain't nothing. Yeah. And it has to move ten feet, or its movement. Um. Sorry, I don't have the full description. It just cool. it's it's playing. up against the wall of a ravine anyway. So okay. the most it could really move back is to here. Does does it provoke his? It does not. In fact, it does the exact opposite because it has to land in the radius. Oh. But yeah. presumably it will come back. So as long as we don't advance, we're mm. fine. Okay. After which, uh, Chris will say, Ovid, good show. And uh, that, that'll be my inspiring message. So you have an inspiration die. Awesome. <laughs> Happy goat. And as the sounds of some sort of unseen, horrible predator, inconceivably larger and more terrifying than this beast, echoes off of the ravine. It recoils in fear, tearing through the ice, somewhat retracting back into the ground, but still visible, and it's pressed up against the wall in front of you. Inconceivable to this thing, maybe. We got eaten by maw. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've seen bigger. Yeah. Uh, next in the initiative is Artyom. Excellent. My next step is going to be a five-foot step forward, mm-hmm. and as I do, my shield starts to glow, and then the energy coalesces into the center, and then multiple arcing shots of light come out of it, and I'm going to hit it with a guiding bolt. Ooh, nice. So go ahead and roll me your spell attack. Shazam. 19 Ooh. plus 7. That hits. Very nice. <laughs> Hot dingadam. Uh, misses. Well, oh. run the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to do something that I'm going to try to be better at as a DM and ask you what level you want to cast the spell at. Um, that's a good point. I'm going to go ahead and cast that at a level three. Nice. So that's one, two extra. So that's six total. Yep. And I get to re-roll the first one on any of these. Yeah, because nice. of your radiant consumption. So that's nine. And oh, that's a cocktail. And 12, so 21. 21 radiant damage. Yes, indeed. Excellent. As it blasts into it, and now this Remoraz is a beacon of light. The next attack to strike it is going to have advantage thanks to the after effect of the guiding bolt. Would you like to use any more of your movement? No. Cool. I'm just going to try and position myself between it and everybody else, keep my shield to bear, and kind of lean myself towards the Guardian of Faith to try and pull him in. Gotcha. It's going to use its movement to scurry back up to the place it was where it had multiple options to choose from. Utilizing the natural aura that it creates of heat to its advantage, it will have to make another save versus the area of effect. Yes, indeed. Was that dex? Yes, indeed. A 12. That does not do it. He takes 20. Mm. And I have 30 left on the Guardian of Fate. Cool. Thank you for tracking. So he is going to attack now. Uh, Morty's a little too far away now, and Arvid is too big to fit in his mouth, which narrows it down to one well-shielded Artyom. Warding Flare? Knew it was coming. I just got so much fucking light shining. <laughs> right now. I, the more you use that, the better. It's, it's the class ability. 
So that is a 16 at the highest. It does not do it. There was actually, even with warding flare and your high AC, there was still a pretty good chance he'd hit. So your luck maintains. Nice. Wow. <laughs> this thing has a really high bonus to hit. Got him way back there. Yeah. So its beak clashes against your new shield and it manages to absorb the impact beautifully, like sending it outward instead of towards your arm. Uh, very well made. And with that, the glowing blades of your spell are just slicing into its legs and its torso. And that's really all I can do. It gets one big bite per turn. Um, so that'll bring us to Arvid back in goat form. Okay. Morty might want to do something too. I forgot to mention it last round, but I'm, I'm in no place to like, you know, bleat orders at him. Um, thank you. <laughs> bleat, bleat orders. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'd like, I'd like Arvid to uh, try to do something like a, like a trick shot in pool, just run up, and kind of like bounce off the wall to get another, to get his 20 feet for doing a charge. Sure. Is that okay? <laughs> You're going to need to give me an acrobatics check. Okay. So if I hadn't have done the the wall thing, there would be no chance of danger, but flavor demands, demands that I risk failure. <laughs> Don't forget you're inspired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you, is, uh, is that cocked? That's it cocked. is cocked. Yeah, it's stuck under the cord. Are goats sure-footed? Does, mm-hmm. is, is his goat form doesn't help with backflips and stuff uh, that's not going to work even with the inspiration I think the inspiration just adds up to six and then I would have my goatness <laughs> <laughs> goatness I like that it's going to be plus one or two at the most yeah it's plus one um, so I think it's not going to work out what's your total at right now it's four and even adding six that would be or that or there would it's five adding six that would be 11 it's still not you know great it's not great your your best option would be not a super good role but you're willing to you're you're more than free to take the risk if you want i should save my inspiration i want to save my inspiration so it's just a, a five on trying to jump off the wall that's cool you get very tangled up and start doing slippies in the ice you still get your attack but you have no charge bonus to it okay Okay, cool. Uh, so we'll still get there, just no charge bonus. And then it's a regular ram attack. Uh, roll to hit. I am not raged. What was the advantage for last time? You were bigger than its mouth. Oh, okay. So breaking no free was just physics on your side. But yeah. now there's advantage because it's beaming with light. Yes, you have advantage because of the... Oh, okay. Guiding bolt. There we go. Do it. That's a 20 to tit. 20 to tit. <laughs> 20 to tit. That, that tits exactly. <laughs> do I have to do it again? Just give him a firm titting. Oh. <laughs> 20 to hit. Woohoo! Use yeah. my roll for damage. And that is a uh, f- uh, 10 total. 10 total? Okay. Uh, it's going to use its heated body ability, which just happens if anyone within five feet hits it with a melee attack. They immediately take fire damage. Ooh. Zesty. Nine damage. And Morty should probably do something. Yeah, Morty's going to follow the lead of the goat. He does not have a charge ability, but he's just going to run around and try to bite it. I'll know he's doing that. I forget his Dago Dia stats. Dago Dia. Dago Dia stats. He hits exactly. Ooh. Hey. Super nice. And he, wow, he does good bite damage. I forgot God Dog was better than Old Dog. <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> since we done got him up. Morty leaps up and latches onto one of the legs of the Remoraz and begins to tear it off at the hinges, dealing a solid 12 damage and taking some fire damage in the process. Morty hit points. And he lets go after the steam nearly burns his tongue away, but he deals a good blow before releasing. That brings us to Harithax's turn. All right. This thing is like, it's bleeding and and damaged by everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is it looking... Like it's considering backing down from this fight, or is it still going full full bore on everybody? You think it's still in attack mode? Okay, all right. It um, looked like it was going to run for a minute, but that was because it got magically tricked into thinking so. Okay, all right. Harthax is going to bite their their own hand, mm-hmm. and then with the blood dripping down their hand, they're going to to cast it at this thing and cast hex. Ooh. And I'd like to give it disadvantage on strength based checks. Juicy. Very nice. Yeah, some of the creeping shadows of the canyon just sort of linger outward and reach towards this creature and snag its body. It seems to be wrapped in tethers of your shadow magic. Yep. And then I'm going to cast uh, another Toll the Dead. Cool. Yep. So that was need... wisdom, right? Wisdom save. Not its best ability, but I did roll a 20. Okay. Uh, it passes and takes no damage. Uh, uh-huh. None at all. Sadly. 
it, it needed to roll that well to make it because it does not have a wisdom bonus. And at the top of the turn, we have Chris. Chris sees his opportunity for an encore. Oh. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do another dissonant whisper. A little fool me once, shame on you scenario. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope that does it. All right. We've learned that wisdom is butts, but I got a three. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Motherfucker. Move your shit. Also, before... <laughs> My teammates know what's going on, and they are inspired by this. Artyom specifically, ah. so I'm giving him some inspiration. All right, so this goes. before the creature moves, Morty, Artyom, and Arvid have the option to make an opportunity attack with their melee weapon, but keep in mind that hitting it will automatically trigger fire damage. So uh, I'm resistant to fire damage. I'm okay with that. Also, cool. it takes 15 psychic damage. 15 noted. Very good. How does a 23 suit you? 23 is great. Perfect. 21 for Marvid. Ooh, nice. Both hit. Guys are rolling very good. And Morty gets a 26. Wow. Is that Morty's highest ever attack roll? Probably. So it would take, let's see here, nine physical. Okay. uh, And two poison. Got it. 13 from Arvid. Very nice. Uh, Inspiration can only be added to a d20 roll. Yes. Okay. Unless he becomes a different kind of bard. Wow, Morty's rolling these nice even nines all the way down the board. And the damage that comes back to all y'all, Artyom, you will half this amount because of your shield resistance, is, oh, that's a good roll, uh, 16. So you only take eight, and Morty and Arvid both take the full amount. Would you like to do anything else with your turn, Chris? Uh, um, no. Awesome. <laughs> Got some good synergy happening here. That brings us to Artyom. Okay. I'm going to shout... Array yourself around the guardian. And I move myself out and over to the wall just next to the guardian over there. Duh. Unfortunately, it's probably going to go for the ram. Unless I piss it off. True. <laughs> That's an option. <laughs> Pull that a aggro. valid strategy. I'm going to see if there's anything here other than... Ooh. Hmm? <laughs> I'm going to catch the light of the Guardian of Faith on my shield, mm-hmm. redirect it, and then from it, another sword of flame comes up, and I'm going to cast it right behind him to try and drive him this way. Mm, spiritual weapon. That's the one. Nice. And that is another 23. That hits. Excellent. And that would be 1d8 plus uh, wisdom. Thank you. And this counts as radiant damage, so if you do roll a one, you get to use your radiant absorption. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. I do not, but that's just a good old-fashioned five plus my spellcasting ability modifier, which is seven. Seven. Oh, nice. Th- uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. Or oh, twelve. Okay. Twelve, sorry. Twelve added in. So, and then on top of that, I'm going to, with my move action, having swapped out my uh, crossbow, mm-hmm. and then I'll take a nice little pot shot at it. Perfect. That is less remarkable. That is a 19? 19 hits. Okay, cool. Excellent. And that would be... I'm going to go ahead and activate the uh, chromaticer. Mm-hmm. Oh, vibrochromaticer. Excuse me. Yeah. My praxeomatic vibrochromaticer immediately buzzes to life. A bunch of whirligigs and doodads plugging into it and then causes me to do some extra damage on that bad boy. Hell yeah. So I'm going to be doing 2d6 plus 4. You'll love to see it. That is a total of nine. Nine, nice. So one swift and true strike and crossbow bolt hits it immediately followed by its its partner in time <laughs> as a secondary <laughs> bolt exists in another dimension and enters this one to strike it. Awesome. This beast is now covered in its own blood. It's hissing and sizzling as it comes in contact with the magma veins that run down its body. And it is in death throes as it attempts to move forward to the closest target and deal as much as it can to Mr. Goat. Not assuming it's going to get to swallow this time. It just wants to chomp down. That is a 28 to hit. Yeah, well, I guess that that works. (laughs) I guess that does it, don't it? (laughs) So let me move these dice out of the way because they keep bumping into each other. Okay. 11. Yikes. Um, uh, That is a solid 38 points of piercing damage. Okay, so that kills Goat and then the rest of the damage applies to Arvid? Correct. Okay. Uh, you said 20, wait, what? 28? 20, uh, 38. 38. 38. Yes. Oh, good. How much HP did the goat have? The goat had 18, and then Arvid had 31, so now I'm down to 11, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ice melts 
The beak cracks down into the glacier. The goat explodes with blood, <laughs> leaving behind a wet, bloody Arvid <laughs> as it recoils and draws its head back. And it seems to be weakened. It used the last of its energy to try to execute this bite on Arvid. You were too large for it to swallow, but after so much blood loss, magical spells impacting it, illusory magic forcing it to run away, it's taken all it can. And instead of retreat into the earth, the monster topples downward, steam pouring from its body, impacting the icy ground and sending fissures and jagged cracks throughout the terrain. The haunting realization that this battlefield the whole time has been hollow and just a thick sheet of ice sinks in as you all begin to fall. I'm just going to get ahead of the curve and go on record here by saying, I think it's dumb as hell to have a fire monster living in a glacial tundra. There, it's out in the open. Can't take it back. Well, in reality, the boiling hot carapace and magma-like blood of the Remoraz is perfect for boring seamlessly through sheets of ice. And the resulting steam is advantageous cover for any subterranean predator. Don't you bring your logic into my heart-to-heart, Kip. Critical thinking like this has no room for science. If a creature lives in magma, it has hot blood, spits fire, and the like, why would a name change and a haircut make it fit for living in the mountains? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, sometimes the mysteries of nature are not ours to understand, Storm, my friend. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's just like my Nam Nam always says. Just because a platypus makes milk and eggs doesn't mean you should use them to make ice cream. Well, <laughs> that just shot to the top of the list of weird things your Nam Nam has said. And speaking of making product, let's take a moment to ponder these debatably wise words with these messages from this week's sponsors. Hell, I'd eat platypus ice cream. I don't give a shit. We know that losing weight can be hard. Watching what you eat is like battling your own temptations. Working out and staying active can seem impossible. Well, we have the perfect solution for you. And it's proven to work. Dr. B's new weight loss treatment targets the weight we don't think about. Most workouts and diets try to make you lose fat. But what will keep you warm in the long winter? This special clinical method targets a different kind of body weight. Blood. What is your blood doing for you? Carrying disease? Messing up your sheets? Weighing you down? Blood is full of iron. That's heavy. Our low-cost weekly plan can have you shedding quarts of weight at a time. Feel lighter. Look better. Dr. V's Hemosuction Weight Loss Treatment. It will change your life. You can lose weight fast, throw your cares away. Dr. V takes the bad blood away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, LU cuties? Things are definitely heating up both on and off the show, and I hope everybody is staying cool and staying healthy and enjoying the return to our regularly scheduled season. I, for one, am glad to be back on our regular grind, and that is due in no small part to our amazing community. Our Discord is constantly active and deeply engaging with some of the nicest and most radical people I've ever met. I want to thank all of you, especially our Patreon subscribers, and in particular our legendary teams, each member of which contributes $25 or more a month to help improve the show. Those teams are the Cultured Cutthroats, the Moonlight Vale, the Tavern Brawlers, the Iron Rhapsody, and our newest team, the Ancestors' Fury, with Musifer and Timothy Andrews Southern. Love those names. Welcome to the top. I am incredulous that so many of you enjoy our work so much, and it really just makes all the difference, so thank you all again. In other news, Law and I recently celebrated his birthday with a Pokemon Fire Red randomized Soul Link Buzzlock. I know that's a lot of words and they make no sense to those of you who aren't deep into Pokemon Challenge playthroughs. But suffice to say, Pokemon Let's Plays is how Slapdash got started, and we returned to our roots and had a great time. In fact, we enjoyed it so much that we decided we're going to try and keep it going. So Tuesdays on twitch.tv slash slapdash streams, we'll be doing a Pokemon Nuzlocke. Which version we play and which rules we use might change, but you can find us there at 7.30 p.m. PST every Tuesday. 
You can also find me Monday through Thursdays on weeks that I'm in town doing streams of all sorts of games. The streaming has been super fun and super active, so come check it out. You can find links to all this stuff at theleq.com. Thank you all again, and without further ado, let's get you back to the action. Good evening, I'm Winston Faye Bandefirth III. Welcome to Mackinac News 5, your top source for up-to-date coverage of the Five Kingdoms. A group of dwarven woodcutters broke into the underground vaults below Ramatex's famous Stalhoun Brewery late last night to steal a number of kegs of their world-renowned ale. The group proceeded to celebrate by tapping said kegs on the spot. Their thirst, coupled with a lack of restraint, led them into a drunken stupor after six of them put away two hogsheads in under an hour. The would-be burglars were awoken shortly thereafter by a Class V earthquake which, while causing no damage to the fortified structure, caused the intoxicated dwarven lumberjacks to empty the contents of their stomachs in confused agony until the local guard arrived. And that is why you don't shake up a full six-pack of loggers. Miriam Silverist, renowned planar engineer and lead researcher for the League of Ultimate Questing, was fired on air by League Commissioner Lurie after a series of experiments put the lives of several children at risk, including a team representing the Little League of Ultimate Questing. Details on the experiment and current location of Silverist remain unknown. An unnamed source from the League of Ultimate Questing suggests that he may have departed the Five Kingdoms on a private plane. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've just received word of a meteor shower arriving during the upcoming dead moon. Lead astrologers believe that the celestial phenomenon could result in an amplification of auguries and other divinations. They are telling me... Yes. Yes, hold on. Yes, they are telling me that any and all experienced seers would be well advised to utilize this influx of celestial ley lines to practice their craft, as conditions will be, quote, divine. I am also being told that prospective soothsayers and prophets should not fear the smell of blood or the crippling sense of loss experienced while parting the veil. This is simply a side effect of the media storm and nothing to worry about. This has been Winston Faye Bandefeth III with Mackinac News 5, a name you can trust. Five kingdoms, one story. The battlefield crumbles out from under your feet. The huge cavity below you is revealed. And as the group tumbles downward, you all manage to converge on one large piece of ice, the one with the most stability while you are being rained upon by ice and stone, flakes of snow, bits of remoraz that were cut away. And you impact a sharp slope of stone and ice. And the sheet of ice you're on begins sliding downward at a dramatic rate. We're going to enter a skill challenge. Yes. <sighs> we see the mortal dawn on a large sheet of ice sliding downward at a dramatic rate inside of this mountain, entering dark chasms and cavities below the glacier. We will continue with the initiative we had for the battle, as the adrenaline is still running, and there has been literally no time from where the creature toppled into the stone. Beginning with Crist. Yes. So Crist will do an arcana check, casting Sudden Awakening, making sure everyone kind of has this really sure footing in this very jostling thing going on. Awesome, I love it. What does Sudden Awakening do? It kind of gives everyone a quick stand up. Oh, okay. Yeah. It like a, it a, snaps you awake, or if you're prone, you're not prone without mm -hmm. causing it. Yeah, it's a spell that makes us all ninja kick flipped over our feet. Yeah. I know, it's amazing. I love this spell so much. Okay, that is an 18. That is definitely a success. So some of you are clinging to the ice or on your back, having been knocked all akimbo from the gravity of the fall. But with this magic, you all manage to just stand comfortably to your feet. You now have to maintain a balance as you're on a giant icy board of some kind, but you found your feet underneath you. I thought we were on a slide. You guys are basically on a giant disc of ice that's sliding down a slope. Like an escalator. Gotcha. Like okay. Legolas on a shield sliding down a staircase. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Let, let's us It's not. exactly like that scene. It's really cool and everyone likes it. <laughs> <laughs> So, that's me. That brings us to Artyom. Um, as I fall from the grace of light, my night vision kicks on. I'm mm. going to go ahead and try to see what direction we should be steering to get ourselves to safety, and I'm going to use a perception for that. That sounds just great. That is a cockeye. That is a 17... No, 19. 19, that's a good number. Focusing, taking just a moment to transition from the, oh God, I can't see in the sun to, ah, nice, comfortable darkness. Uh, you look down the slope. You can see it is very, very steep. You can predict that the speed you're about to start reaching is going to become difficult to maintain without falling off. But it does start to fork and spread off in different directions. One of those directions, you can see the tumbling form of the near-dead Remoraz. And as it goes down that path, it just drops off. 
the other one you can see continues. So you're pretty sure that the group is going to need to somehow get this thing to slide a little to the left and steer, or you'll just spill off into who knows what. Well done. The adventurers go left. Let's make sure we end up there. And that is another success for the group. Enemy's no longer with us, so that brings us to Arvid. Arvid spits uh, the remaining blood out of his mouth and begins to cast uh, an entangle to try to get the roots to grab at them and slow them down, the, the, the actual platform that's sliding. Nice, yeah. Let's see. Uh, that's like a... You could do a survival, perhaps a nature check. Yeah, nature, uh, nature is based on wisdom, intelligence, mm-hmm. wisdom, int- wisdom. Uh, wisdom is for survival, nature is intelligence. We'll do survival. Cool. No. Oh, wait, I have an inspiration. Is that just to add it on? Yeah. Right? Let's do that. That's not that much better. Okay. Um, it, it's a nine total. Mm. All right. You do manage to reach out and commune with nature to summon some roots. They have to struggle and fight to break through the ice underneath you. And they tip the disc slightly, but none of them manage to cling on or notably alter the trajectory of the disc. That brings us to Hyrothax. Okay. What skill did Arvid just use? Survival. Okay. Harathax is going to cast Green Flame Blade on their shillelagh and drive it through the ice to increase the drag on this side and pull us that way. I like that very much. What skill are you going to try to utilize? Um, it sounds strengthy, but you can convince me of other things. Right. I was I was going to use survival, but maybe na- uh, nature? Can I use nature? Or I could, I mean, I could try strength. See what happens. Well, this is either going to be your physical body forcing it down or your magic. I could try Arcana, but Chris did Arcana earlier. That's been more than it does. It can be in the same turn, just okay. not right after. All right. Well, I'll go Arcana then because I have a much better chance with that. Yeah. You're probably not strong enough to break through the ice anyway, but you are magically powerful enough to melt through the ice. Right. Well, that's why I was the green flame blade to burn through. Mm-hmm. Hip. Oh, no. Did, did, did. No. One I rolled a natural one. Wait, replace it with the two. <laughs> uh, I have to declare it before I roll. Oh. Uh, so. Yikes. Really? You wouldn't you wouldn't like intuitively say I'm going to do a two in case I right, roll that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yep. So that 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 maybe I break a chunk off. <laughs> you do. Um, your fire melts right through the ice and forms a crack as a huge chunk of the thing you're on just skitters and falls away as you are now on a much smaller disc of ice, all shoulder to shoulder, sliding down this incredible incline, decline. All the easier to turn now. Don't worry about it. Yep, that's totally my intention. <laughs> Uh, that brings it to the top of the initiative, which is Chris Zagrand. Chris will uh, do an investigation check, looking for any kind of things that we can grapple onto or, or anything that might help us, you know, steer better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 18. Uh, you can see that behind you, you are now leaving the snowfall that has come into the cave and you are now starting to land on solid ice and stone. As the thing continues to slide forward, it's not so much gliding over a nice sheet of ice. It is now grinding away. Uh, you can tell up ahead, though, the cave becomes more natural, and there are some stalactites and stalagmites to one direction. You think you might be able to utilize them if you had some kind of way to reach them to help pull the thing over. But the fork in the road is drawing ever closer at a dangerous speed. Guys, there's these cave things. Uh, look that way. I see them. Cave things. <laughs> cave things. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and use my melee attack with my Thor Whip mm-hmm. to try to get those slagmites and pull. Yeah. And I'm going to try and get anybody else to kind of grab me so that we have more weight to it. Sure. That sounds great. Go ahead and give me your attack roll with the Thorn Whip. That is a 17. 17 is a good number. And it does, in fact, snap tightly around the thorns, keeping it stuck into the sheen ice over the stone. And the group instinctively at your leader command, you know, grabs arms around your waist and begins leaning in that direction. And you can see through the ice under your feet, it's getting thinner and thinner as it slides forward. And now it's starting to get darker because the stone is ever closer. Yikes. Arvid, it's your turn. I guess an athletics check to continue that uh, effort that we're all making to, uh, I don't really know... Uh, I guess I guess at some point it could be the thorn whip holding the entire party up. I'm not sure how that's going to look. Wouldn't um, be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe grab everyone all together uh, in a in a big, totally non affectionate, necessary hug. <laughs> a hug of dire Jeez. necessity. <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn it. That's uh, eighteen then. 18. 
glorious. So, Artsyam, with white knuckles, you're gripping the thorn whip, using all of your strength to try to pull this ice. And then suddenly these big hands come around you and like grab over your hands and both of your hands begin bleeding together, digging into the thorns. Don't you dare. (laughs) No ghosting. ghosting. Uh. Anybody so much as utters a single fucking syllable of that Righteous Brothers song, you're out of here. You'll face your righteous indignation. (laughs) That I'll accept. And with this added boost of Arvid's Fearbulg strength, the platform slides just enough. Another huge chunk of it shatters as it impacts with the cavern wall to your right. And the group spills off and tumbles safely into a natural cave. You scrape your elbows and rough up your knees a bit, but despite the velocity that you just stopped moving at, you're no worse for wear. And you're now in an underground cavern. You can see above you, the ceiling is a very thick layer of ice. You can almost barely see the sun peeking through hundreds of layers of this icy prism, but it's still very dark. It's just sort of a a haunting glow. And it leads downward. And from out of Arvid's satchel, this spiritual raccoon comes scampering out and sniffing the air. It says, down, down from here. Not the right caves, but they connect. I can smell. Hmm. Isn't that lucky? Follow me. Yes, follow me. What a strange shortcut. (laughs) And Rivington leaps to the ground and begins swiftly scampering through the cave. And as you follow, it leads you around corners and it leads you down through some passages you have to start climbing. And there are rope ladders that are actually erected, probably put here no longer than a week or two ago, still in place from the descent, making it much easier. There's still some torches that are no longer burning, but embedded into the wall. Clearly, this was navigated not too long ago. You are certain that without the guidance of this ancestral spirit, these caverns would be very easy to get lost in. And it leads you further and further until the natural walls of the cavern start to transition into clean, smooth, carved ice with stone several feet behind it. You can see barely peeking through. And as the group treads carefully onward, their every footstep echoes through the cold and silent chambers of this rarely visited series of caverns. To your left and right, statues of towering figures from the past seem to look down at you, judging your presence in this sacred place. The final resting place of the Ulfman clan lies just ahead. Hot damn, talk about a double feature. The MDs just jumped right from a worm fight into a high-speed underground toboggan death race. If that doesn't curl your toes, you might want to check your pulse. And it's definitely one way to break the ice. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It seems the team has stumbled upon an alternate route to the winding caves built long ago under the mountain by the clan ancestors. What will they uncover in this hallowed, hollowed realm? Ugh, Kip, I've never been this hungry before in my life. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the weekend. Storm, don't torture yourself. Go to the rider and get a bagel or something. No, no, no. If I crack the seal and let this demon out, it always starts with getting a bagel. Next thing you know, I'm sucking down coffee creamer in the wreckage of the last eatery on the block to stop myself from eating the stagehand, uh... Danny, sir! See? He's got a name, Kip. I don't want to eat Danny. I'm telling you, Storm, starving yourself isn't a good way to prepare for an eating contest. You're just gonna get injured. But... but the murder case. The golden pig. Now, now, don't psych yourself out. Go eat something. Eat today. Eat tomorrow. I'm sure you can beat this Tibble guy. I've seen you choke out a bearded devil while on fire. You can beat a plate of sausages. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Skip. I'm storm-clad Thundertongue. I'm not scared of sausages. Sausages are scared of me. I eat sausages for breakfast. And I'm going to eat whatever I want. Whenever I want. That's... That's, well, maybe not quite what I meant, Storm. I'm going to wear my Nam Nam's Laundry Day stretch pants to that contest, and I'm going to eat sausages faster than they can tie them off. Danny! I have children. Get Dern Goodgrub on the line. Tell him it's Rafoil. He'll know what you mean. Tell him to get the trough ready. Extra onions. It's time to become the Hunger Tongue. Well, (laughs) that's not going to end well. Get out of my way, Danny. I'm doing this for you. Will Immortal Dawn help their ally Arvid avenge the aggression of their ancestors? Will this intrepid team retreat in terror at the darkness before them? Will Storm severely damage the pig population in a 20-mile radius? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing!
damn. That was a fucking feisty one. We whooped that thing's ass, though. I mean, we did. We made short work of it, but it dealt a smackdown on Arvid that I think would have taken anyone else out completely. Oh, it would have killed me like three times. Yes. I realized yeah. after the fact that I could have used warding flare on you. I'm very sorry. Oh, <laughs> eh, it's okay. Um, I think it, I, I, maybe I should have said something about it in character, but he's being all stoic, but definitely a lot of, a, a lot of feelings probably going around in his head about like this goddamn path. It, this place is always trying to kill me. My own home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would like to add that there is an un, planned and beautiful cinematic tension of the hug that saved the group absolutely beautiful mm. like you don't want that's that's who arvid is but you're avoiding that but you had to <laughs> oh. wonderful thank you for listening to us survive a battle with was it a young remoraz or was it a full adult one full full-blown nice. whole, a whole ass remoraz nice a whole <laughs> ass whole ass remoraz uh, thank you for listening to us survive that encounter. My name is Michael Loving. We're going to go around the table because I'm starting with myself. <laughs> Sounded kind of hesitant. Well, yeah, I realized I realized midway through that we usually start with Sam, not the person reading the outro sheet. Uh, unless been, it is Sam. Unless it is Sam, in which case they're one and the same person. So uh, because I'm not Sam, I'm going to start with Sam late. I am Sam. Uh, Sam, and you I- are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I just say our outro game is very dusty. (laughs) One, two, three, go. I'm Sam. I play Arvid Ulfman, a level eight Drew Barb. Uh, as, as previously accidentally established, I'm Michael Loving. I play Harithax, the level eight warlock. Hi, uh, I am Alante, and I play Chris Sagrand, the Crystalline Sorcerer and Bard. I'm Zach Marcus. I play Artyom Volkov, the Cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the Technical Director for Slapdash Studios, as well as the Producer and Sometimes Editor. Thank you, Tori, our Editor. Notorious. My name is Law. I'm the Dungeon Master of the League of Ultimate Questing. Today I played Joey Ramirez. <laughs> um, no, the Ramirez. Uh, I am the Creative Director of Slapdash Studios, and that's it. How great would it have been? <laughs> that is it. <laughs> How great would it have been actually if one of our legendary Patreons was was uh Ramirez R- Ramirez, <laughs> Ramirez and that's why he said it that way. You're an NPC we will kill. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that our legendary patron group could definitely use some more Latino flavor. So please, if you're out there, yeah, please or if you just have like a naturally cool fantasy sounding name, that would be swell for yes, me. Yes, please. <laughs> um but Anyway, the, thank thank you for that. If you haven't done the Patreon yet, you can find it on our website, theluq.com, where all the links to our other social medias are, uh, as well as the ability to listen to all the episodes right there on the website if you don't somehow have some kind of podcast app on your listening device of choice you which, primitive fuck which we, yeah yeah i don't i don't know i don't know who who exclusively listens using a browser on their computer but you know they probably I know a couple just, people they're very sad people yeah. <laughs> not that any of our listeners are very sad people. i love you all of you uh-huh if you are sad it's okay and we would hug you if we were there yeah arvid especially but just get an app guys. just not right now <laughs> <laughs> hydrate uh so <laughs> If if you enjoy our podcast and you want our podcast to continue growing, you should tell your friends about it, particularly if you have friends whose last name is Ramirez who can then join the Patreon as previously established. Uh, but uh, does anybody have any upcoming appearances they want to talk about? We didn't do that last game. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have anything going on. No. Like, I mean, I had appearances that would have been good in the last thing, but not anymore. Wasn't right. the live show going to be today? It was going to be around this time, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I knew it was sometime, wow. but I didn't think about it in a just a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, uh, still kind of up in the air for live shows once once things settle down. Oregon's frozen. They're reopening because of cases uh, increasing again. You bet your bippy that if we ever get out of this mess, we're going to come and do live shows all yep. up in the, in the business. Yep. Keep an eye on our social hey, media good. because as soon as that is established, it will be all over our social media when we are doing what. Uh, you can find me on the God's Fall podcast. Um, anyone else have? Nope. Okay. Well, well then we're going to continue. Uh, <laughs> you can get merch and other stuff at the LUQ website as well. We got t-shirts. Uh, it's Pride Month again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at the time that we're recording this, we've got our rainbow LUQ t-shirt. That um, link probably still exists. That link probably still exists. <laughs> if it doesn't, by the time this episode airs, I'm sure they will have found it and made it again. 
Um, we want to thank you for listening, for growing, for questing, for surviving this strange 2020 hellscape that we're all currently inhabiting. Uh, and in these uncertain times, we wish you luck.